possibilities. The Palace Theatre, your palace, your place. Just begun to live white lace and prongs. Ah, we've only just begun. Good morning and welcome to your palace, your place. We're just beginning our show, which we're here every first and third Friday mornings of the month. So excited to be here. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host, and I love to talk to you all about what's going on at the Palace Theater in Waterbury, our beautiful city of Waterbury, as well as all kinds of other activities, happenings, things about food, you name it. And I think we've covered it, celebrity interviews, and we will have some interviews, an interview, actually two today, with um, people from two of the shows coming up next week at the Palace Theater, one of which is... We've only just begun. The Carpenters Remembered. And we're going to have an interview I taped a few weeks ago with Michelle Birding-Britt a little bit later in the show. But first, I have a gentleman in studio. And we've got a jam-packed morning, so I want to give a shout-out to our restaurant partner sponsors first, who are Diorio's, Nino, San Marino, La Tavola, Verdi, Vasi's, Mojo Nuevo Latino Cuisine, the Palace Barn Grill, Spartan, the train station in Naugatuck, all wonderful places before or after a show or any time to go and eat. So please um, patronize those uh, wonderful restaurants who help support this show and, of course, are happy when we have shows at the Palace because they're very, very busy. But we want them to be busy all the time. So when you're not coming to the Palace, think one of those restaurants. And just in case you really like our show, and I hope that you do, um, or miss something and want to hear it again, you can actually download our podcast now for... um the shows on either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever your SoundCloud or whatever you listen to uh, for podcasts. So check us out and all you have to search for is your palace, your place. So we have somebody in studio right now who is so dynamic. <laughs> and and actually... Just, just don't use the word celebrity. <laughs> you are a celebrity, Jim no, O'Rourke, no. Uh, from the Waterbury YMCA, the executive director. And um, you said that um, you came out of retirement because the affable and charming Frank Tavera, our CEO at the Palace Theater, kind of twisted your arm to be a part of... I think he's more cornered me, held me down. <laughs> he has that way yes, about him. Yes, yes. Yeah, hard to say no. But actually, Jim, you're, you're here because you're participating participating again in our Palace 10.3 event on May 18th. Yes. So excited, yes. Okay, and if those of you who are listening and might not know what Palace 10.3 is, actually, every year the name changes a little bit since we initiated this fundraiser. 10.1, 10.2. It was 10, 10 yeah, 10.0, then 10.1. Now it's 10.3 because it's the fourth year. And it's a fundraiser, but I like to say it's a fun-raiser because this is a blast. This is a big, big party all throughout the Palace Theater, in every space that we have, starting with the loading dock outside, we get things really rolling early on about 5.30 with food trucks and uh, rock band. And and then, you know, the party moves inside and we've got every 
type of uh, genre of, of entertainment uh, <laughs> lined up. And this year it's called uh, Party Through the Decades. And there's a reason for that because the entertainment represents the decades between 1922, the 1920s when the palace first opened, and now. So, Jim. What the heck is the director of the YMCA? <laughs> what are you doing? Tell people what you're doing for us. Well, long, long ago, uh, rumor has it I was a DJ and had the opportunity to work at different nightclubs throughout the state and uh, do some different weddings. And Frank and I were talking one night a couple years ago, and he said, well, why don't you come out of retirement? So I went down to my basement and I dusted off my old uh, records. That's right, records, not CDs, <laughs> not MP3s, not Apple iTunes, but records. And I uh, brought my turntables over to the palace and got to get up on the main stage and play some classic hits from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. But this year, I'm going 80s and 90s, which is good because I have no idea after the year 2000. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I have my good friend DJ Balgo also joining me. He will be bringing the digital stuff, so we'll have his laptop, um, and we'll work together to uh, make sure that the party goes right. Well, let me tell you, the party does go right with you because you did this a few years back, and we were like dancing fools on the stage. <laughs> I mean, sweat was flying off yep. of people because, I mean, you just had a way of getting everybody in that mood, that that dance mood. And if you're listening to this, and you did hear right, we said the stage, you get to dance on the Main Palace stage, Theater yeah. stage. And if you've ever had a desire to see what that feels like to play the Palace, this is your opportunity That's by it. coming to this event. You're the main stage for main two hours. Stage. You yeah. are you are it. You are the entertainment and believe me there's been some entertainment <laughs> enter, entertaining people on the stage yeah. during this event um now now so you dj'd was this before your professional career as an executive in the ymca family uh, good question so i've been fortunate enough to uh, grow up in the ymca and uh, many many years ago in the uh, late 80s early 90s i went to the director at the uh, southington ymca because for years they didn't do any uh, teen dances and a few of my friends, I think we were probably uh, in our late teens, decided to uh, develop a, a DJ company. And what we would do is go on Friday nights and bring our turntables and play music for the teens. And we actually uh, charged some money at the door. And every time we got money at the door, we'd go out and buy more records and more equipment. And uh, before you know it, uh, I was a DJ. Well, I wouldn't say I was a DJ. Uh, <laughs> I tried to be a DJ. And, uh, well, yeah, you were. You were doing, working it yep. and making money. It sounds like you were a DJ. Yeah, so what I would do is uh, work for the YMCA, uh, go off to uh, also to college, and then also work Thursday, Friday nights at uh, local clubs playing music to help me pay, uh, pay for school. Wow, that's wonderful. Now, I also know a little, uh, <laughs> a little detail about this time period. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> that you were a break dancer? Well, I, I tried to dance, yes. Uh, I was a break dancer. Are you being modest? Uh, it was fun. You know, I had an opportunity to uh, dance in some nightclubs as well, and my role back then was to get other people out onto the dance floor. Um, so the, it was a funny story. It, um, it was at a place in Naugatuck, actually, and um, everyone was getting up on stage, and it looked like it was some type of audition. So my friend said, go, go, go up on that stage and dance. And I said, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So I got up there and danced for about two minutes, and the uh, manager came over and said, you're hired, come back on Thursday. <laughs> and I went, 
what am I coming back for? And uh, come to find out, uh, I was hired to uh, dance, and uh, it was pretty neat. It was fun to uh, get people going, uh, making sure they had a good time. Um, and, and I also enjoy dancing, because um, my mom said that uh, you're not smart nor good looking, but if you ever want to get a girl, make sure you know how to dance. Oh, smart mother. Yes. That is yep. so true, because I'll tell you, I know I love to dance, and uh, my husband, not so much, but, you know. So. Well, I'll get you out on the main stage. Oh, yeah. On the 18th. I, I'm, yeah. I'm there. I have no problem. I could dance with nobody and yeah. be very happy. But I can see how you have that personality about you. You're very uh, engaging and uh, you know, gregarious. So you, I can see how you would get, be able to get people up and uh, having a good time. It's so. interesting because that used to. I used to be very introverted, and I would say all the years working at the Y and at camp, being in front of you know 400 kids and having to sing a song, that it kind of brought that out in me, recognizing that you know have fun, enjoy what you do, and you can be silly about. It too. You don't always have to be serious. That's oh, I love to hear that. That's a really good point because I think when we do things as young people, particularly, it gives us a basis to mm -hmm. build on for what's to come in our Absolutely. careers. And that's a very good point. And and so when you know you're enrolling your own children, or when you're supporting things that help kids, you know, get that foundation Absolutely. in some of the basic life skills. Because if you can speak to people and look them in yep. the eye, if you can, you know, uh, show empathy and interest in other people, that is so critical no matter what you do in life. Mm -hmm. So true. And, you know, when I get up on the, uh, in front of my turntables and I look across the dance floor, I want to understand those individuals and see what music they need to have some fun, you know, and try to read the body language to say, you know something, we're going to go from the Stevie B album over to maybe a uh, Montel Jordan song, you know, and you get to control the crowd. You get yes. to do those BPMs from 90 BPMs all the way up to 140 and just watch the energy come from the room. Then you also realize they may be getting a little tired and they may need to go get a drink and then we'll bring them back out. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, so that's important too from a business perspective because you know the people that hired you as a DJ wanted you to help them sell product I'm correct. sure. Mm -hmm. So but but you also have to kind of and you know like you said to have a critical line if somebody's getting a little too crazy you got to bring, bring them back. back down. And music controls that. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know we uh, last year it was a great party and uh, there was a person there who was very entertaining to a lot of people but it there's a good story in in, in um she was having just a wonderful time that she wouldn't have normally had. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's so great about music, about events in the community. You know, Palace 10.3 is, a, as I said earlier, it's a fundraiser for the Palace. And it's, by the way, on May 18th, if, if um, you didn't catch that the first time around, you, tickets are available. You can go to our website. You can call the Palace Theater, 203-346-2000 after 10 o'clock this morning. Come on down. Down. But here's just uh, besides um, besides uh, Jim O'Rourke, the amazing Jim uh, O'Rourke. No, no. <laughs> we have on um, on this agenda um, someone in our grand foyer doing um, the Roaring Twenties, and and that is I'm looking for Chris Coogan Quartet. Quintet, I'm sorry, who's um, playing music from the Roaring Twenties. I think that's so cool because in our grand foyer, of course, it absolutely embodies the feel of that time period. Um, then um, from 7 to 11, we have classic jazz, cotton club-like music, uh, as as the cotton club uh, in, in its heyday in Harlem. And that's um, New England Arts 
um, presents, New England Arts Entertainment presents the Avery Sharp Trio playing from 7 to 11 in the Polite Club, or as we like to call it for that night, the Cotton Club. And from 7 to 11 is Jim O'Rourke and DJ Balgo at our Neon Dance Party and on the stage. And also from 8 to 10, we have the Rat Pack Lounge uh, with Jacqueline and Steve Kozlowskis. And I'm missing somebody. Oh, I'm missing the four-piece band, which is on our loading dock at 5 to 7, um, starting outside. And also on the main stage is 3G. And I, I know 3G has been doing some shows locally, and they're very popular. Led, the lead singer is just an amazing teeny tiny high school student, Holy Cross student, uh, Sabrina Santa Petro. And let me just tell you, I've heard Sabrina play uh, sing a few times. The band is amazing, too, her bandmates. This is a young woman to watch. She can blow the roof off the place. She, you, you look at her and she is petite. I mean, um, and you go, how is that sound coming out of this little little person um, and she's so adorable so you, you know there's so much going on that night and for uh, and I, I haven't mentioned even the food yet and That's there is right. food aplenty um, we um, work with Emily's Catering for this event and some of our other vendors uh, and partners in the community who provide the food you do not walk away hungry by any means. There's food aplenty. You get two free drink tickets, okay? So, you know, start the night off with a bang. You've got all this entertainment that I've just mentioned, and it's, you know, it's it's fun. And if you're going to pick and choose the things you do over the next few months, this is one that kicks off the summer, and you're helping the palace. You're helping us uh, maintain this beautiful treasure in Waterbury. So, you know, please, by all means, if you're interested, go to our website. It'll pop right up about Palace 10.3 right in your face, and you can uh, hear more and get tickets. And, Jim, you, what's going on at the Y that you want to tell uh, us about? Oh, very exciting. We're uh, gearing that. up. Yep, we're gearing up for our camp season, so Camp registration is going on right now for YMCA Camp Matasha over in Watertown, Camp Okasher in Southbury. Um, our preschool is uh, doing great. Uh, those kids will probably graduate about 120 kids uh, in August, so we're very excited about that. And always something vibrant going down. You know, we got our running program going on right now, so you'll probably see a group of uh, 30 individuals running the streets of Waterbury. I've seen up. those people. We've had some of yeah. those people. I have not been one of those people, but uh, well, someday I'll graduate. We'd love to today. have you. Okay. And then uh, they'll be doing their culmination race the uh, dash and bash which is on uh, may 19th the day oh, after this event okay so if you go to palace 10 point <laughs> you could run the 5k the next morning <laughs> and and we're i will be there at both events sweat it all out you know so. <laughs> yes wow you like to live out life on the edge well yeah, yeah. hey i i'm not i can't talk about it completely yet but i'm working on something for the fall that might involve some of your kids getting to see some magic i love it happen so we'll be in touch about that we're gonna take a quick break jim thank you so much for getting thank up you. and i know you had a hectic week so <laughs> really appreciate you being here really looking forward to um actually i say i'm looking forward to it and i'm actually going to be away i can't believe it but this i'm doing a bucket list trip we'll talk about that uh, very um, nice but anyway but i'm sorry i'm we gonna could, miss we could it. facetime we'll I, i'm i'm expecting videos because my friends my dear friends they're going Great. and uh i said i expect pictures so all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll be right back with uh, 
Michelle Birding Britt from We've Only Just Begun. We've Stay only tuned. Just- Entertaining new possibilities. The palace. that we got an opportunity actually about a week ago to interview Michelle Birding Brett, who will be coming to the Palace Theater on May 8th in a wonderful show called The Carpenters Remembered. And it is a tribute show to the Carpenters and their wonderful sound, their wonderful music um, that actually has imprinted itself, I think, on the collective psyches. I mean, I think I don't think there's too many people, certainly over the age of 40, who can't sing a little bit of a tune, a carpenter's tune, because they, they've just become so much a part of our, our background, um, our soundtrack of our lives, if you will. So, Michelle, first of all, welcome to your Palisher Place. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, And I I guess the most obvious question is, uh, the Carpenters uh, were from Connecticut, and Mm -hmm. you live in Connecticut. So my question is, what was the uh, impetus for you to uh, begin to perform their music? Was there a, a connection? Had you known them or known family that knew them? No, actually, oh. I grew up in the waving wheat fields of Saskatchewan. Actually, town, I'm, I'm uh, sad to say at this time, is Humboldt, Saskatchewan, which, of course, um, was the site of uh, the Humboldt Broncos who were in that terrible accident last week. Yes, I know. That, um, that was very, very sad. Very sad. sad. So I grew up in Saskatchewan, and uh, I was a, a farm kid. And um, you know, in those small communities, so what do you what do you do? How do you what do you do in your spare time? You play sports, or you you know you do music. And of course, my beginnings in music were in uh, in my church, and you know I did uh, you know sang in the choir in school and. Basically, after after high school, I went and studied uh, opera, oh. and then I studied musical theater in Toronto, and that was the begin. Those were the beginnings of my career. Of course, when I was growing up on the Waving Wheat Fields, in the Waving Wheat Fields, I uh, listened to pop music radio. My little red transistor was my constant companion, <laughs> and um, so that was the music I grew up with. 
Carly Simon, Linda Ronstadt, all of that wonderful music. Oh, my and, God, uh, I feel like we're soul sisters then because we are. I was we in are. my living room with my curling iron or hairbrush for <laughs> Carly, <laughs> Carol King, Linda Ronstadt. Oh, my God. Karen totally. Carpenter. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so oh my goodness. So so so, then, so so that was the soundtrack of my of my childhood, my life, and then I went off and I was doing opera, musical theater, and um, you know, at a certain point I got tired of waiting around for somebody to give me a job. So I started putting together my own little cabaret shows and and I started to explore different repertoires. So I was singing the standard songbook and then I started to bring you know, pull out some of the chestnuts of my uh of my teenage years and sing, you know, songs by Carol King and Linda Ronstadt and the Carpenters. Well, it, everybody would always tell me, the audience members, the monitor guys, the sound guys, they would always say, Michelle, you sound so much like Karen Carpenter. Aww. Well, what a compliment, right? Absolutely. And, uh, oh my gosh, such a great compliment. And so, and so inevitably people would always be asking and requesting their songs. So I started you know, adding more of their songs into my repertoire. And at one point, and I'm talking, this is the early 90s, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool to have a show that's all Carpenter's music? And, you know, at that time, really the only tribute shows that were being done were Elvis' show. Ah. So this was a, a little idea I had in the back of my mind. You know, continued on with my crazy career. And at one point, I met the wonderful Mark Brett, who is now my husband and is the <laughs> producer of our show. And, uh, you know, we, and when we were dating, I, uh, I happened to play for him a recording I'd made for my family of uh, Merry Christmas, Darling. And it, when he heard it, he said, oh, this is so beautiful. I just love it. And I said, oh, yeah, I've always had this dream of putting together a show that features all the Carpenters' wonderful music. And he said, Michelle, let's do it. Oh. So that was the beginning. And, of course, coincidentally, I was living in Toronto at the time. Mark, uh, you know, had been born and grew up right here in Connecticut. You know, and then shortly after that, we actually had an agent friend of Mark take us on a little tour of East Haven and, uh, you know, the Carpenters' home where they grew up and, the, you know, the school where they went to school. And anyway, it's just, it's been the most amazing experience being able to, you know, sing this wonderful repertoire, celebrate such a talented musical duo and and then i mean just meet the incredible fans and the people who love this music who incidentally like you say most people who are over 40 could sing a carpenter's tune at the <laughs> drop of a hat but absolutely the wonderful thing about the internet is that we've got all these young uh young people who are discovering the carpenters and of course falling in love with karen's voice and and connecting to this music so it, it's been pretty cool that's very interesting i i'm fascinated though let's let's go back to something you said a little bit earlier in uh, our chat here that you you know people were saying to you how much you sounded like karen carpenter and she had a very unique uh, voice and style, the way she styled the lyrics, and um, mm -hmm. um, and, it, and the fact that you, you know, were able to, you know, emulate her. Let's let's say and pay tribute to that. That that is um, a testament to your talent as well. And you're, you know, obviously you're you're a very trained musician, singer, studied opera, and um, mm -hmm. but. I, I just think that that must say a lot about what we have in store on May 8th when you come oh. to the Palace Theatre in Waterbury. 
Well, thank you. You know, the crazy thing about it is, um, you know, with when you're singing, you know, I certainly did. I had wonderful training. I had wonderful training, uh, you know, in classical music and then, you know, singing musical theater. So training as an actor, singer, dancer. The interesting thing, though, was that I never actually ever tried to emulate Karen. And really, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one Karen Carpenter. However, I just think that you know, what What people hear in my sound is, you know, they call this the sound that I have or that Karen has. There's that, you know, no, I have no dirt in my voice. It's just a pure, pure sound, pure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Pure vowels. And, of course, there's, a, you know, that the um, keys that Karen sang in and where the, sound, the songs were placed in her voice very wisely by Richard, I might add, mm-hmm. uh, were in that very warm uh, lower register. And, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a different sound than what we were used to in, um, in the 70s because the gals often sang, you know, higher or they were belters. And Karen had this very relaxed, warm tone. Yes. You know, the thing, too, about her, she sang those lyrics with so, so, so much emotion. I often yes. think, you know, if she, if she had lived a longer life, I think she really would have ended up doing some acting and we would have seen uh, some of that part of her talent because, it, to my mind, just listening to the emotion that she puts into a song, I think she must have been in it and had the incredible acting talent. Sure. You know, I'm thinking the song that's coming to mind as you're saying that is Superstar. Right. Um, and and that that is so wrought with emotion um and mm-hmm. and and what she brings when you hear that song in your head or when you mm-hmm. hear a recording of her you know what we're talking a lot about Karen but this is the carpenters remembered mm-hmm. and Richard Carpenter was so very much a part of the success of that brother sister um, yeah. duo. Um, Absolutely. T- talk a little bit about that. Have you met him? Has he seen your show? Well, Any- we haven't. We haven't met him. Him. He does know about our show, and uh, and certainly, my gosh, it would be such a thrill to meet him. I, oh, gosh, I would just love it. Um, but Richard, you know, the, the interesting thing about uh, Karen and Richard when they were growing up, you know, Richard very, very early on showed an incredible talent. He was a child prodigy. I was just going to uh, say that. I was just going to say was, that. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he studied, uh, he was studying at Yale when he was a teenager. I mean, he had an ear like no other. Mm-hmm. And really... Uh, Karen's talent wasn't really discovered until much later. Karen, uh, she she was into music. Richard loved music, so she was into music, you know. So she did all sorts of things. She played the flute. She played the accordion. She turned out to be this incredibly talented drummer. But oh, her right. voice actually, yeah, her voice. I had forgotten about really, that. Yes. Now, she, do you play the drums uh, in the show, too? No, no, I don't. I'm not a drummer. I play drums. I practice drums for myself. I could never step on stage and play the drums. Uh, But we have a fantastic drummer that you'll get to hear. You know, so Carol's voice actually wasn't discovered until she tagged along with Richard on a recording session when they were living in California. You know, when they they actually moved to uh, Downey, California when they were teenagers. So, uh, you know, they, she happened to actually get on a microphone in the studio on a, a session that Richard was playing on for some trumpet player. It was, you know, there was something about how her voice translated through the microphone uh, onto those speakers that was magic. 
So it was it was really though Richard who was the driving force behind them musically. He was the guy who chose much of their repertoire, wrote many of their songs with a with a lyricist by the name of John Bettis, you know, and, and really had the, that vision with those incredible arrangements, which again were so unique, so ahead of their time. You know, so many uh, acts of that era were, you know, three chord songs, simple arrangements, um, and they're they're Karen and Richard were stacking, you know, vocals, thirty two tracks high yeah. and uh, yeah. all those orchestral elements like just think about that french horn on the beginning of uh, superstar or the oboe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in uh, goodbye to love or that you know the harmonica and that the sax solo in rainy days and mondays just such uh, an incredible talent for arranging and yeah, I mean, definitely, Karen was the face for the band, but Richard was the driving force. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, our time is flying by here, um, and I've been speaking to Michelle Birding Brett from the show coming to the Palace Theatre on May 8th, The Carpenters Remembered. And Michelle, one last thing for our listeners. What are some of the, the favorites that you will, that are included in the show that people will hear that evening? Oh, well, of course, we've got, we've only just begun the title song of the show. We've only just begun Carpenters Remembered. And that was really what Taryn and Richard uh, felt was their signature tune. But we'll also be covering tunes like Close to You, which was their first number one tune. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please, Mr. Postman, which they had a number one hit with. Top of the World. And as I said, Superstar, Rainy Days and Mondays, Goodbye to Love. They, They recorded that wonderful song from Sesame Street. Sing, which oh. we'll also have in the show, uh, and then, you know, some album cuts that, that the Carpenters aficionados know, like Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft, uh-huh. and, yeah. you know, this last song that Karen recorded, a song called Now, and I should mention also that we have the most wonderful band, seven-piece band that's behind me, Nashville-based musicians, and they've played with a who's who of the music business, from Donna Summer to Winona Judd to Michael McDonald. Oh, gosh, Bruce Hornsby. So we've got this incredible musical talent that is recreating that sound live on stage. We don't actually pretend to be Karen or Richard. We just try to really authentically recreate that sound for the audience, take them on that emotional journey. And and I do tell stories throughout the show about Karen and Richard, their life, their musical legacy, and all of that. Well, I think... Those who remember and love the Carpenters and and will be thrilled with this show, not only because it's the Carpenters, but the musicianship that you bring to your performance with the band of professional um, musicians. It's going to be a, just a top-shelf show, but also a show that you know parents or grandparents might want to introduce their young adults in their life to because it is, it's incredible music. And for those who appreciate music and really great musicianship, this is a wonderful show to take them to on May 8th at the Palace Theatre. Michelle, you're delightful. I wish we had more time to chat. Um, And (laughs) I'm so looking forward to seeing you and meeting you when you're here at the Palace Theatre in Waterbury on May 8th. Well, we're thrilled. We're we're thrilled to be playing it. It's such a beautiful venue. So what what an honor. And Thank you so much, Sherry. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And that was Michelle Birding-Brett. 
who will be coming to the Palace Theater in the show We've Only Just Begun, The Carpenters Remembered, on May 8th. And if you're interested in tickets, call our box office at 203-346-2000. We're going to take a quick break and be back. Broadway show. It's a celebration of music that transformed America. Motown the Musical. Coming to Waterbury's Palace Theater May 11th through the 13th. For tickets, go to palacetheaterct.org. getting in the mood. Are you getting ready? Because Motown the Musical is coming to the Palace Theater in Waterbury next weekend, May 11th through 13th. And now with us is a young man who is part of this national tour, Rob McCaffrey. Good morning, Rob. Hi, how are you this morning? I'm well, I'm well, and thank you for your patience and uh, no and, um, and thank you for getting up and being with us. I always say that because I know <laughs> life on the road, these morning interviews are not your favorite thing, I'm sure, but um, actually you're speaking a little bit to your, uh, well, I wouldn't say your hometown crowd, but certainly people in Connecticut know you. Yeah, so, yeah I, spent, uh, I spent some time there in Connecticut uh, at the Hart School. I was a, a student there back in the... Uh, the late nineties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, I uh, so I I've, I've spent a lot of time in Connecticut, and uh, I used you know some some work down in uh, like uh, Norwalk and that area too. So I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty familiar with the state. I spent a lot of my formal years there. You know. <laughs> uh, well, we're so glad to have you back, Rob, because Thank you're you. coming with a show that is I mean, for anybody who loves music, this yeah. show, this music is just you know, classic. It's classic music. Oh. It's it's music that does so much and and, and and speak to us in so many ways. So tell us first of all about tell us about the show. What what is the story in the show? The story is uh, it's it is essentially about uh, Barry Gordy and how he started as a featherweight boxer working in the factories in Detroit and how he had this big dream about bringing music to America, uh, bringing black music and making it uh, everybody's music uh, in the United States, not just for, for black people, for everybody. Everybody can enjoy it. And it's about, you know, his, his, his start um, and how Motown got started. Also, it's about his um, his. His, his love affair with um, with Diana Ross and their relationship and how their professional life and uh, personal life, you know, uh, you know how those things got, you know, they, they they were great for a while. They got in the in the way, you know, and their how they how they started in love and you know how they eventually parted ways, you know. And um, and, and in in between all that is all this yes. great music being um, created. 
some of the best, some of the best songs ever written. I mean, and we have the best cast uh, put together. I mean, uh, the, the the leads alone, the the, the gentleman playing um, Barry Gordy, uh, Kenny Mosley, and Trinice as um, as Diana Ross. You think that she was actually on stage? Um, and we have we have Justin Reynolds playing. Uh, playing uh, Smokey Robinson and Matt Manuel playing Marvin Gaye, and they are fantastic. I mean, every song you, you, you know, that the, the, the audience remembers from that time period, mm-hmm. uh, it, it really brings them back. It's transporting. I can say that, definitely. I'll bet. And speaking of transporting, you play yeah. a kind of a key person <laughs> in, in the landscape yeah. of Americana, if you will. You play Ed yes, Sullivan? Ma'am. You play Ed Sullivan. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, it was a it was a monumental task at first. I didn't think it, it could pull it off, but you know, enough uh, enough time watching YouTube videos and uh, old movies where other actors portray him. You know, getting an idea of feel who he was and what he did for uh, American pop culture and music. Um, and I'm I'm actually every night I go on stage as him. I'm I'm really uh, surprised at the reaction I get. It's uh, it's 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 intoxicating, and I'm glad that um, I'm reaching the. Uh, the, the audience in that way. It always feels really good, especially, you know, going off stage, getting that round of applause. It always feels really nice. And, uh, and, and he was... I, I enjoy it. He, he was such a, a big character. I mean, he has obvious mannerisms that we all remember or try to, you yeah. know, impersonate. So that must be a blast. Actually, it must be a fun role. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's brief, but it is also a... Uh, but it, 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 it's definitely... Uh, it's something I love doing every night. It's something that uh, as soon as you walk on stage, you know exactly who you are, um, you know, and and, it, and it's been it's been it's been gratifying to to portray him. And and I now it's in my bag of tricks from from now on, which is fantastic you know, <laughs> as an actor. Oh sure, <laughs> absolutely. And and you're also yeah. you're part of the ensemble of the overall show. Yes. yes. So yes. you're on stage much more than simply uh, portraying Ed Sullivan. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, other than the music side of um, O-Town, there was always the business side of Motown. And I play some of those characters who um, who worked with Barry Gordy very closely on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I play a man called Harold Novak, who was one of his uh, one of his uh, lawyers and accountants, uh, who um, who's very, very, very worked very closely with the Motown um, with the Motown. Uh, company also a man by the name of Shelley Berger, who was the agent of the Temptations and the um, and the Supremes, and uh, and and to this day they were very good friends. Um, I had actually got the pleasure to talk to Mr. Berger uh, to Shelley, and you know, kind of asked him what it was like back then. You know, how he worked with uh, Mr. Gordy and and their relationship today. They were they were really. I mean, the the the, the production staff has been really great. Give us all of the tools to to. Uh, tell us about the time period, what was going on, the civil rights movement, um, you know, what was like going on the Motown view, being down in the South uh, at that tumultuous time period for us to portray, you know, uh, uh, you know, like a, a piece of our American history on stage every night. What's your favorite song, song from the show? Uh, I I have to tell you, there's a song by the Temptations called "Ball of Confusion," which uh, it it opens up the second act. It it is uh, you're going to come see the show. I yes, I, of I, course. I, yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. It is it it it, it is a showstopper. It is it it, it 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 says so much about what was going on at that time. Yeah. And um, 
I love ball of confusion. I mean, all the temptation stuff in particular, but this one is it, it really it really hits it hits you right in the in the gut in the eyes. Yeah, Y'all, yeah. Hits you right in the teeth. As soon as the second act starts, boom, it hits you right there. So wow. uh, that's my favorite. I love that song too. And you're right; it does speak to the time period and all the unrest and you know what was going on. And um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think. <laughs> Sad to say, maybe, but it also has some relevancy today as well. I mean, it, it, it's very, it's very interesting. The thing is that you know when we started rehearsals, you know they they did tell us you know a lot of what's going on when we when we started rehearsing it, the the, the ensemble and the cast started to realize like hmm, you know sometimes history is repeating itself, but it, what we're trying to put on stage is is relevant today. Yes, yes, as it was you know all those years ago, and. Um, it, it's great to, you know, sometimes you have to remind people, you know, about that sometimes history repeats itself and, and to, you know, maybe be, you know, be a little bit more uh, uh, excellent to each other, uh, you know, in your interactions. Yes, yes. In my opinion, yeah. You know, I read your um, your interview that you did in our uh, local paper, The Republican American, with Kelly Lambert, yeah. and there was something uh, interesting about that, and I want you to expound on that. We only have a few minutes left, but um, sure, sure. you made a comment, and you've done a whole body of work, and I didn't even yeah. mention this, but you've done a lot of regional theater across the mm-hmm. country, and um, this is probably not your first national tour, I'm guessing. No. So it, Actually, it is my first national tour. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it here will be my last national tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you mentioned that um, many people from this show, this particular show, have gone on to Hamilton. Well, we actually had um, we actually had a, um, a a lot of people from this particular show. This show has been going on since uh, about 2013. Broadway, uh, various national tours. And, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the people who have done those shows have gone on to Hamilton. Um, it, the, one, of our, one, of, one of the people in our cast actually uh, went on to Hamilton. He was, he was uh, picked out of our cast, and he's doing the national tour right now. So, you know, uh, I think it's one of those things where people work well together. Yes. And, you know, there's some cross-pollination within the, you know, different production teams. You know, people just move on to other shows. Um, certain, right. Of course. Of course. And actors. Yeah, sure. So yeah, they, they, we have a couple of people. We have one person in our cast uh, did move on to Hampton, and we're very, very, very happy for them. Well, when you very do the national tours too, you become known to the producers, and you so sure. you up you up your game, if you will, or your visibility, I should say. Um, so um, kudos to you. I'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed because uh, oh. you know for you. And uh, I want to just say um, thank you very much for your time today, Rob McCaffrey, um, who is with the national tour of Motown the Musical, coming to the Palace Theater next weekend, May 11th through 13th, and we are looking so forward to the really big shoe that you're going <laughs> to give us when you come. Yes, yes, All yes. right, Rob. Really big shoe. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. you Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye now. Bye now. Bye. Um, so we're coming to just about uh, close to the end of our show. We have a minute left, Jenny. Wow. I'll tell you, when we say the time flies here, we're not kidding. It's just uh, it's just a fun morning. I hope you enjoy our show. And if you've been listening and want tickets to either Palace 10.3, uh, we've only just begun uh, the Carpenters Remembered Show, which is May 8th, this Monday evening at 7.30 p.m., or tickets to see one of the three performances of Motown the Musical, May 11th through the 13th. Um, 
great idea for a gift for mom. If you haven't gotten one, uh, mom, bring her to see on Mother's Day uh, or one of the other performances right before Mother's Day. Uh, be a great way to share some time with your mother. Um, we are so happy to have you as listeners. I appreciate the feedback when I see people publicly and that you're enjoying this show. And I just want to encourage you to um, patronize uh, any art form this weekend with someone you love, whether it's the Palace Theater or uh, one of the other great venues across the state. And I look forward to being with you again in two weeks. Actually, uh, we're going to have a little change in our schedule in, in two weeks. So I'll be coming to you on a Thursday because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be going away on a trip, a bucket list trip. My two best friends from girlhood uh, can't wait going to Sanibel Island. So I look forward to um, being with you again uh, very soon. And I just ask you to listen to your local news that's coming up next. And stay tuned for Talk of the Town with Steve Knoxon. Bye-bye, and we'll see you again real soon. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. This is your radio station for news, talk, and entertainment. 1320 AM WATR Waterbury.